So guys, if you've been putting off going to the dentist, and I know you have because I certainly have, I know you guys are out there, you gotta go eventually, and why not make your visit worth it? Hit up Green Mountain Dental Group. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush, a top-of-the-line electric toothbrush. I've gotten my whole family hooked on Sonicare. I've got my friends hooked on Sonicare toothbrushes from Green Mountain Dental Group. You can get one as well. All you got to do is schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group. They will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush today. If you're still using one of those manual toothbrushes, get into the 21st century. An electric toothbrush, it will lead to healthier teeth, less dentist bills that you have to pay. So really, you're saving money in the long run. Hit up Green Mountain Dental Group today. You'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Watch a land. Keep playing smart basketball. Cross court, Harris for three. That's it! Well, you better not get too excited. You've still got 24 minutes in the second half. Give it to Murray. Murray being pestered, lets it fly. That's good! Now, Will Barton. Wancho, he's checked. Got it again! But Stuffy being that time. Number one, number one moment. Sam has no idea when that game was. Completely outside of the uh, the memory of but number one in our hearts. Welcome everybody to the DNBA show. I'm your host Adam Mattis. I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, the man who's never stopped writing this peloton, Harrison Wynn. <laughs> Does Wancho get a ring if the Nuggets win a championship? Yes, even if it's oh, ten years gosh. from now. You just do He'll it. get a, a an engagement ring from me. <laughs> I was trying to make that same joke, but that <laughs> yeah, was weird. I, I felt I felt bad about that. <laughs> the man prepared to propose to Juancho Hernan Gomez. D line co. That's right. That's Mrs. Hernan Gomez to you. Are you? Is your internet? Are you? Yeah, he's to, on like, the free internet. internet. You're on okay. the free internet again, aren't you? Is it slow? Oh, oh terrible! Right. Like help you with your modem and stuff. God dang it. Um, the man who has more bullish charm than all of us combined. Oh, wow. Thanks. Both. I think I'm just wearing a shirt tonight. <laughs> but that's a good step. You're wearing that's a, a shallower V tonight than normal. Shallow that's right. V. Yeah, just the one button V. Yeah. You honestly, though, a 10 out of 10 today. Very handsome. Oh, thank you. Thank Her- you. It's rare that Harrison wow. is the second most handsome person on the show. But- wow, oh, careful, wow. man. This is going to go to my head, so slow down. <laughs> Guys, very excited for today's show. A guest I've wanted to talk to in person, face to face, screen to screen, whatever this is, for a very long time. From the Light Years podcast, it's Sam Esfendiari. Sam, welcome onto the show. Yeah. What's up, guys? Happy to be on. Actually, I was, I was hoping to visit your guys uh, when you announced you're starting a sports bar and everything. I was like, oh, I'm definitely going the next time in Denver. And then, you know, we're, we're never going to be able to travel again. Yeah, we'll see you in two years, man. Looking we, forward yeah, to we, it. We were thinking that too, that we would also be able to visit. <laughs> <laughs> I really pictured myself being at the bar more than I have been for the last five months. Right. <laughs> That's his life. Um, so my first question for you, Sam, we welcomed you on to what is arguably the greatest moment in Nuggets history over the last 10 years, really the last decade. <laughs> and that is not an exaggeration. Do you even yeah. remember that game? Uh, you're talking about the uh, early last regular season? 
with the uh, game winner. No, no. no it's even further back. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you hit six threes? You don't remember this? I <laughs> do not. I apologize. Don't I was, apologize. I was knee deep in, I was knee deep in our uh, locker room drama. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Bigger fish to fries. This, this is the game. If you ask diehard Nuggets fans, this is the game that like this team came of age, right? Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a, the, the game where you guys thought they were for real. They're no longer a... Uh... You, you SOB, get him out of here. You're coming in spicy, man. Jesus. I feel terrible about myself. Um, That's no, San that Francisco was, spice. That was KD's first year and in, in the Bay. And right. the Nuggets hit, a, a, at the time, NBA record 26 three-pointers in the game. They were on fire. It was like beautiful basketball, and they just ran them off the court, and it was like, oh, you know what? The Nuggets, when they play perfectly and don't miss, are as good as anybody. <laughs> they so, can beat anyone. When they yeah, they, they, they can't. <laughs> there was also Wancheran and Gomez, who never played, played and played incredibly, and it was like, look, this guy is actually shouldn't play, and then never played again. <laughs> I do remember. I do remember watching him make shots and think it'd be nice if anyone other than Steph Clay and KD could make shots. But, oh my God! Listen to that. <laughs> but yeah, but it must have been tough. We too know what it's like to only have three superstars. Uh. Uh, so we we have a lot today, guys. The show is going to be a lot about the Golden State Warriors and their rise. Because quite frankly, I have a real question about this. It's like I, sports are like a dog chasing cars. Right. You're always wanting to arrive, but the Warriors are maybe the only team in my adult lifetime that actually arrived. And I just want to know what that's like. Like, what is it like when you're actually <laughs> the, the brightest timeline? Yeah. The greatest timeline, or at least close enough to the greatest timeline that can you really complain? We're going to find out. Oh, wait, are, you, are you not giving the, what is it, 97 Broncos? Well, I mean, this, does that not count? Well, actually, maybe no. we should talk about this because the Broncos being incredible for those. The, actually, it was really a long run. Yeah, two years, yeah. but that, that they won. They really should have won three, to be honest. But they were great for those years. In some ways, it changed the way I view the Broncos in the way. Like, I'm almost annoyed of the Broncos sometimes now. And, right. And I want to talk about that. But before oh, we get, and then, of course, I want to talk about Jokic and Curry because I think that they too, they're, they're very comparable in the way people talk about them, fans approach them. But before we get all to that, guys, our main story tonight is of, big news, baby. is, of course, P.J. Dozier. P.J. Composure, <laughs> many people are calling him that. He is now, he is no longer a two-way player for the Denver Nuggets. He is a full oh, roster baby. spot player. Harrison, what do you make of this news? Can't say I'm not surprised. They've had this uh, open roster spot sitting there all year. And, um, you know, you want to bring the maximum allotment of players to Disney World, right? Just in case somebody comes down with uh, – what this a novel <laughs> virus, like, what are we even talking about in this day and age? But, um, yeah, so he, he's on a full-time contract, uh, a multi-year deal, so get used to a lot more P.J. Dozier. Yeah. I'm for it. I love it. I like P.J. Dozier. I'm sold. Eric, he's your large adult son. What is, what's your take here? I mean, do you really have to ask me what my take is, is whether or not we bring PJ composure even closer to me? I, I'm, I mean, I love it. Like, uh, he's, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, hilarious uh, nickname aside, I, I believe in PJ Doge. He's got the, he's got the length. He's got the, uh, he's got the composure. He's got everything that I want in a basketball player. I'm, I'm personally in. surprised the Warriors didn't sign him because big ball handling wing who yeah. cannot shoot the, cannot shoot at all. I mean, right. that's, that's spread up for an hour right there. Get <laughs> this guy out of here. Who invited him? I think he might play in this tournament. As you mentioned, right, there's two things working in his favor. One is that, you know, there, there's a possibility, we have to be honest about it, that players, not even just possibility, maybe even a likelihood, players catch the virus or whatever, get sick. But then also, assuming everybody's healthy, 
there's going to be a lot of games in very little amount of time. So I have a man, I have to imagine that everybody's minutes get cut by a handful. And then yeah. at the end of the bench, you're going to play a little bit more. And then thirdly, I think he's good. I really think he's good. It's not he's a coincidence. Good. He was part of the seven. He was part of that January run where the Nuggets were incredible, even though everybody was out. I think he might just be a player. I love the Jokic quotes about him that we heard in the locker room. Wind had it in that piece. Like, there's skill, but also Jokic said it. He's just kind of big. He's tall. He's long. Yeah. And I, that matters, man. That matters in the NBA. I almost feel like we've we've we sort of moved too far away from that. Maybe in part because of Steph, but for the most part, size matters. And yeah, and, I, and Dozier has it. I actually have a thought on that because it's like um, the Warriors are just known for small ball and obviously Steph mm-hmm. and then Draymond at center is a big reason for that. But you forget they're basically bigger in every other position mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole way through. And like the reality check I got this year, besides the fact that those core three players didn't play basically at all, was you notice when you have six two six three guards and a six five small forward and totally all those factors going on all of a sudden you're like oh wow anthony davis is very large and like <laughs> you know like all those sort of things it's just like that reality check that like maybe you don't think like Iguodala or clay are like big but then yeah. when you when you get the six four version of them it's a nice uh little reminder yeah. I, had, yeah. I had the reverse of that where we that we stacked up against the lakers we first played the lakers i was like wow the lakers are like Big. They're like right, big. Yeah. big. Like everyone is bigger than the GD Nuggets. That, that latest comment we just saw on um, the NBA isn't really moving towards small ball, it's medium ball. It's long ball, right? It's and, long and, ball. And he's a long boy through and through. So, which, by the way, Harrison, you were this close to sticking that in your article, and I really wish you had. <laughs> no, I mean, what I love about Dozier is that he's something the Nuggets don't have. Like we're talking about, he's 6'6. Six, six. Nuggets have never really had that like 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six point guard. They had Moutier. But Moutier was like a different kind of – like he wasn't the same type of rangy athlete that Dozier is. Like he didn't have the same defensive instincts as Dozier. They're, they're like completely different in my mind. Or the same level of expectation. A place um, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but, but my thoughts, of course, went to Monte Morris too. Um, yeah, not necessarily sure. yep. the, the short term, but eventually Monte is going to become a much more pricey backup point guard and, and snagging PJ. I don't know about much more, but at some yeah, point yeah. – Maybe you just look at, at moving that chain along, you know what I mean? And just plugging PJ in as the backup. And, and maybe Monte's a trade asset or someone you just don't need to pay too much for and ultimately what's a limited role. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, think about this. Monte Morris became the backup point guard of this team last year after playing less, significantly less, than PJ Dozier played this season. So yeah. the Nuggets probably look at that as a track record and be like, we could probably plug him in just like we plugged Monte in. Sammy, you have to dig back like six years till you were the, the pre-championship dynasty years. But do you remember obsessing over the 14th and 15th guys on your roster and I mean, talking yourself? What are we talking about? I, I have a Discord chat with the Lightyear's listeners, and we're discussing Mark or Michael Molder. I still say Mark Molder for the A's. Juan Toscano, I like that guy. Yeah, where they where they stick. So I get it. It's um, I do like the idea of PJ Dozier because it's like yeah, yeah. you're going to build a team around. Jokic, you want rangy athletes around him in every position. Hundred percent, the long boys. That's what we call them. They're By the way, sh- totally here for the Mark Molder reference. Me too. Cardinals <laughs> fan. It's been a long time. He can shoot it. That name. Hey, Oakland is. 
Um, I love Dozier. I actually do think he can play. I will say, are we getting a little ahead of ourselves? I mean, we've seen the guy play like always two hundred minutes. All right, because I actually, if you ask me my honest opinion, gun to my head, I'd be like, I think PJ Dozier is a player. And then you look at the minutes, and you're like, well, he's had like five good games. That's that's what I'm. I mean, you just have to be honest with yourself about like. This is a guy who's going to fill the backup point guard. Yeah, role. that's true. That's you know true. what I mean. Yeah, so we're, we're having the conversation within within that context, mm-hmm. within that scope. It's a, it's can this guy give you ten good minutes in the playoffs one day? You know what yeah. I mean. It's it's not a need. How many years did they give him? Uh, two, right? We don't know, but I. It's, it's probably going to be like the sure, uh, right. Yeah, it, it, the same deal. Three years. I bet you would be. The yeah, it's going to be the two plus one most likely. Yeah, like nice. like teams usually give like second round guys. I like that last comment. Probably a little more painful growth process with Dozier than more. I mean, Morris arrived in the NBA pretty much ready to play the backup point guard position, and, and Dozier might be a little more of a project. Maybe, who, who knows? I'm going to disagree. I think Dozier will be – he'll do in different ways. Like, Monte's so – weird, I'm going to say this. He's so composed. He's, like, very under control. <laughs> Turn it over. But I think P.J. Dozier is going to be a guy that, like, you know, he'll have four steals in a game. He'll, like – he'll shut down a top player like a Donovan Mitchell or something where you be like, oh, wow, Dozier just – you know, held Mitchell to six points or something. I, I, there'll be those. Where I don't feel like Monte has those kind of nights. He just never sure. makes mistakes, and and I think that'll be a difference. Let's move on. There's been a couple more players that have tested positive. Buddy Heal oh. tested positive, and then also we got Jabari Parker seen in this photo. <laughs> you look at look at this photo here. Are we sure this is Jabari Parker? No, I was about to say that's for sure Photoshop because he didn't show up. The, yeah, that's that's a, but it, but that's definitely Peja Stoyakovich's body. Like, Peja's way skinnier, man. There's a little bit of I, I thought that Cooley at first. I uh, swear to God, man, I, I did a search for everybody who's worn 33. I could not match it up. Are you guys ready for the shock of the century? Oh no! What? Here's the Getty images. It's him. What? Oh, it is him. This is it's actually him. Job. Oh wow, that got me. Did he, like, go to the beach wearing, like, a full body suit or something? (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand. How does he have my... Hey, I just want to... Okay, I got called out for for being pale on the last show. And I just want to say, guys, if there's ever been a time in human history where you got to lay off of people for looking a little pasty... It's right now. Okay, oh, I just want to get. Yeah, I cannot believe that this is a, not a Photoshop. It looks so Photoshop, but apparently yeah, they, that's Jabari. Yeah, you're who's also to, on the Kings. It turns out. Yeah, you're not oh. supposed to get a farmer's tan if you. Uh, I don't know if these things are newsworthy. I have a feeling it's actually I expected a lot of updates today. Sam, what's your take? I mean, I expected a bunch of reports and maybe we didn't get the names today. We did get two, but I kind of expected them to say like, oh, six players in the this conference or this team or whatever. We didn't really get that today. Are you surprised? Yeah, no. I mean, I kind of I'm with you. I just expect a slow trickle of names and they're all asymptomatic is the thing where it's like, I don't know what to take of that. Like, obviously you don't want people walking around with the virus, particularly when teams employ people of all ages, people who might be at risk, uh, whatever it may be. But like, I'm not necessarily as concerned about the health of a, in their prime physical shape, 20 something after, right. right? Right. So I never know how to take it because like, I don't want to like write it off as not important, but it's also, you don't want to fear monger either, right? There's like yeah, the other exactly. side of that spectrum. So, do you yeah. think we're going to learn? Do you think the perspectives will change based on just pro sports, not just the NBA, but all of these sports are coming back? Do you think it'll be like an educational experience for the NBA, because or for 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 people? Because I feel like the conversation around Corona and and, and what is what everybody's confused by it. 
do you think it'll be enlightening at all? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> that would be positive, right? But um, I, I do kind of agree with the, the general ethos, like seeing some sort of normalcy will help the percentage of the population who's living in fear of the virus that, mm. you know, uh, while well, you need to take precautions, wear masks and whatever guidelines are necessary to, you know, prevent the spread, uh, you don't have to, you know, stay locked up in your bedroom all day either. So, yeah. I mean, that's the hope. That's my hope anyway. Yeah, that's my hope as well. This week will be interesting. I think this week in particular, we're only two days in. I thought there maybe would be a little bit more information. But yeah, I'm actually, I was actually surprised at, at how few trickled through today, but I'm sure, I'm sure we'll yeah. more. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, though, we're going to get into some Golden State Warriors talk, which I'm excited for. But first, Harrison wins. Yeah, away. time to pay some bills. Um, I'll be doing some betting on DraftKings this week. I'll probably – uh. Sip some of these while I'm doing this. Sip some of these while I'm playing WGT. We got an event this weekend. Uh, sign up for that. Um, but check if you are looking for some beers. Pick up some Mile High City Copper Lagers, the official <laughs> this beer. Is like, of this the is like a three uh, sponsored matchup. Like, I was going? going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, going back and forth between the sponsors. We're not even harassing you yet, and you're kind yeah. of not sure where you're going. With. Yeah, I, I was pulling up the reads late. Uh, but yeah, pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Davidson's. Get curbside pickup there. You can also get delivery. Sam, uh, you do you guys have your own your like grocery store. beer? Uh, I mean, Anchor Brewery does Warriors sponsored beer that they bring out in the playoffs where you have uh, the Warriors logo on it and everything. I don't know. There's a ton of micro brews around here. Same thing as Denver. It's yeah, hard to. Like a uh, Steph Stipper. Yeah. Do, you have, do you have coworkers that talk over you while you're trying to do a read? <laughs> I mean, that's just status quo. But yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's just the game. It's Quick a complaint. truly conversational read. <laughs> also, make sure to pick up the Jokic pack, the 15-can sampler from Breck Brew as well. Uh, also, guys, myself and Ali Monroy here at DNVR, we're taking classes at MSU Denver Online this summer couple weeks in would you tell us if you failed the class would you yeah. let us know That'd be, I would, i'd really love to know if that happens yeah well uh taking a pass fail you so. <laughs> would not tell us would not tell. <laughs> uh yeah but i mean we're two weeks in it's going well and i do gotta say though that the teachers at msu denver online make the online learning experience awesome they're like super attentive get back to you with your questions like within you know just a couple minutes at most an hour uh, so could not recommend it more. And if you want to check out some classes, they have their entire course list online for all their online courses. msudenver.edu backslash online. Awesome for first time freshmen. Awesome if you're trying to go back and finish your degree. Maybe you're trying to get your master's or a second degree. Great for every type of student. So check it out. Well done, Harrison. Only took three and a half minutes. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important question. As go. Uh, someone who has not purchased the Jokic pack, a beer, what comes Ooh. from that? If, that's a phenomenal question. I Glad wish our average asked. would have been a little more informative. That, the question <laughs> that, that is a great question, Sam. So <laughs> in the Breckenridge Brewery 15 can sampler, Guy deleted you get, the photo. Where did the photo go, Guy? What the hell? Oh, come on, Unbelievable. Guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> you get three vanilla porters, three Breck lagers, three agave wheats, three avalanche ambers, and three lucky UIPAs. 
Mm, it's okay. a little bit of everything. It's 15 beers. He wears 15. He has a 15 pack of abs after he's lost all this weight. That's, that's where it comes from. Once he, once he got in his Corona uh, workout shape. Man, I have to say this because a lot of people like DM me, I think, too afraid to ask this question. They're like, hey, uh, did uh, is Jokic lose the weight because of the Corona? <laughs> like, guys, he lost the weight before he flew to Serbia, then got Corona, and now he is just. Yeah, it's like, did people not pay attention the entire season? Overnight. We've been talking. <laughs> Yeah. about this weight loss since december <laughs> you guys no, been paying attention first of all no, 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 we know this is a fact what happens in the first two weeks of the nba season just sticks it sticks for the rest right. of the year if you're hot yeah, yeah. out the gate in october people are like man that guy's had a great year it's like no he played well for four games all right but we have to move on guys i really want to get here Sam, <laughs> but hold on the right answer would have been what's in the Jokic pack coronas all right oh, go on Next. <laughs> oh, wow. the secondary question on the pictures of Jokic looking more in shape is we need to figure out who his new stylist is. Yeah, mm-hmm. strong so agree. Yeah, strong. Oh, not not doing him favors, you said? No, doing him favors. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, he's he he doesn't look like he's actually in better shape. He just looks like he dresses better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <No>. precisely. <laughs> I'd say more, more important than the weight loss might be the change in style. Yeah. Figuring out the correct size of jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a big development. Big also, just caring. Like I, I swear, I don't think Jokic yes. knows how much money he has. I think that's really what it comes down to. And somebody was like, "Hey, you can actually afford that sport coat if you want." I mean, you don't have to. Like, wear oh, that's sweats. nice. Well, okay. You get it. You All right, Sam. It. I'm going to pull this graphic up because I think about it often. This is 2000. This is ESPN's. Pre- oh, shout Ethan out Ethan Stroud. Shout out Ethan. Shout out Ethan. Um, so. We're looking at this. This was going into – this is the summer of 2014, or I guess the fall. We're getting ready to start the season. And just look. First of all, this isn't surprising. LeBron's Heat had just made four straight finals, so picking the Cavs when he just arrived there makes sense. And they had two All-Stars. With they had two All-Stars also. They were a great team. It was the East. Then you have the Spurs over here who had just won and had been to two straight finals. And then you got the Thunder. Okay, Clippers, I guess that was Lob City. The Warriors pick here, I remember this. I remember this at the time. I was like, what the – like ESPN's hired a bunch well, of homers. homers. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of homers. What the hell is this? The Warriors went on to win 67 games, completely <laughs> transformed the league, and started a dynasty. And it's it's one of those picks that is like, what a shout-out. I hope one day I'm this cool that I can be like, guys, look at that. I was the only person that called this. I'll take me back to the summer, the fall of 2014. What were you thinking heading into that season before the Warriors had proven themselves? All right, so I have a few thoughts on this. One, I remember when they hired Steve Kerr. I was not a huge fan, not because I had anything against Kerr, but because they fired Mark Jackson, who, you know, he was, there were issues with him as a coach, but, like, they were moving in a positive direction. It just seemed a little aggressive to fire him unless you were going to hire, you know, a known entity who is better. So to hire another guy who had never coached felt you know, weird to me. Then secondarily, I will remember Kerr's press conference. Um, he's talking about how he doesn't want to change anything with the defense. Cause if you remember in 13, 14, they were elite defensive. Yep, great. Um, but he wants them to play more like the Spurs on offense. And I'm just kind of rolling my eyes internally. I'm like, Oh, the team that just won the championship yeah. and played like a, a level of ball movement that we didn't even know was possible. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, everyone, whoever wins, everyone's always like, Oh, I want to, you know, play like them. So I didn't, I didn't take it seriously. Now I do remember the preseason they were, and I don't, I never knew how much to weigh the preseason, but like they were putting on like 30 point blowout clinics in the first half. 
like when it was the starting lineup, it was like, oh, they're up 40, 20, the end of the first. And those are all the minutes with the starters. So I felt. Did really it look crazy. like it? I mean, did it look like the Warriors? I, well, I think when, when Ethan has talked about that pick, I think he goes back and says, I saw them and what they were doing in the preseason and was like, okay, they have something. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what it came down to. But I was not willing to go to the title level. Yeah, I was like, okay, I think they have a championship-worthy defense. I know you could build a title-worthy offense around Steph, but I do not believe that they have enough on – like, I guess I was falling into what I would consider, like, you know, basketball truths where it's like, oh, you can't win shooting that many jumps. They need, <laughs> yeah, someone, right. they need yeah. someone who can go to the rim when it matters. So I was looking at them as I was going to be really excited if they got to the conference finals. That was going to be my championship. Right? Did you think yeah. Harrison Barnes might be that guy? I mean, he's kind of a one-on-one guy. I mean, that's his thing. No, um, I did not <laughs> think he was going to be that guy, but I was hoping they could trade him to be that guy. Okay. Worked out. <laughs> totally. yeah. But, yeah, it kind of did, didn't it? But, um, but yeah, the, the whole thing around it was like I had a hard time buying that they could get over the hump. Like I, I thought Steph could be the, the guy they built an offense around, but like in the way that Steve Nash was the guy that the Suns built the offense around, but Amari was the leading scorer. I had a hard time imagining that you could build a title contender where the small guard is scoring 30 points a game from primarily behind the three-point line, and that's your, that's your everything, yeah. right? It was a hard time conceiving it because yeah, exactly. it doesn't happen. It, 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 well, it, it, it didn't before. Yeah. yeah. It was the paradigm shift, and that's the thing is now every time something happens, it feels so obvious. Like, well, of course. I mean, if you do this, like, but at that time, that style, that brand of basketball, just even small ball. I remember sure. Chris Bosch playing the five was like revolutionary. And it's like, oh my God, right. what they're doing. They're playing so small. And it's like, well, now we're going to have Draymond do that and murder everybody. Tell me before we move on to more war- like about the team though, what was the state of Warriors fanhood in that that fall going into that season? Because the Warriors have always had, a, from my, my perspective, they've always had a great fan base. Um, probably along the lines of what I was saying. Everyone everyone was into them. Everyone felt like they were a player away. There mm. was this um, this conception that you know, good team, young team, and. It feels one step away. Maybe, you know, some fans believed Harrison Barnes was that guy. Some fans believed maybe, uh, De- you know, I don't know, maybe David Lee or something could be that interior presence or Clay Thompson or something. But it was like there was this belief that they were like a step away. And then depending on how you viewed the team, it was either internal or they needed one other guy. Yeah. Would you say that the hype around the Warriors in 2013-14 season – was it significantly greater than the Nuggets? And the only reason I say this is because my perspective on those Warriors teams, they beat the Nuggets in those playoffs, then they lost. I can't remember in the second round the following year. Right. Were people like, oh, this is a team on the rise. They're almost there. They're climbing. Or were they kind of like, okay, it's a good team, but, you know, nothing. nothing no, it's, it's more of the latter because um, they beat the Nuggets in 13. They lose to the Spurs in what was probably the Spurs' hardest series in the entire Western Conference. Mm. Um, they sign Andre Godala, but Andre Godala is one of those players that <laughs> you have to really know what you're watching to appreciate how big of an impact yeah, yeah. he makes because, yeah. um, like, most fans just see, like, okay, he scored eight points, he had four assists, he had five rebounds. They don't really understand, like, 
the overall impact he had on the game. So there was this feeling that like he was a nice little role player. Um, locally, I don't think there was much belief that a team where Steph's objectively the best player, and then you have you know you have good players, you have Clay, you have Iguodala, yeah. Bo Bogut, um, Harrison Barnes, all that is you know they're not going to be on the tier of a team with LeBron James, right? Like right. that, that was kind of where the, the mindset was. The mindset was they were moving in the right direction, but they needed to make one more move. Mm. Sounds a little familiar. Not that the, the Nuggets are, are necessarily on that course, but that is the exact dialogue we were Look, having. every time you think you're on that course, you're, you know, you're not. That's, no. But that's part of the fun part of it is that Warriors yeah. fans weren't like, oh, man, dynasty incoming, and then it exactly. just happened. And it was like, oh, my God, this is the most incredible, I imagine. The most incredible yes. thing ever. <laughs> I have to say, I love that Warriors team. The 2015 season, to me, I'm like a basketball junkie, you know. Like, so I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy um, like ingenuity, and that's what I felt like that team was. It was like, oh my god, this new thing that has happened. I think if you got Steve Kerr on the record, he said that was his favorite team too, um, and he kind of tried to warn it at the time, but like, no, because it was his first year, and there was this whole like, this isn't how it's always going to be. And yeah. you guys really need to really appreciate this because, like, it was like this just, you know, the culture and, like, everyone loves each other. And, like, there's this whole, like, happiness yeah. and, like, everyone's playing the right way and moving the ball and doing all the little things that every coach dreams their team does, right? Yeah, that sure. I, I think Warrior fans, in some ways, I feel like the Warriors probably skipped a step. And they, they went from the nice <laughs> second-round team to – this monster dynasty without understanding the steps and like the, the things that kind of most teams have to go through. Right. Right. Was Draymond, were Draymond and Clay Thompson big parts of the 2013, 14 season? I can't remember that far back, but, or, or did they kind of burst onto the, the scene and provide new life specifically? So Clay, um, well, one, I wanted to trade Clay for Kevin Love. And, <laughs> I love it. And I think love most it. people did because the yeah. idea that like Clay Thompson's a better player than Kevin Love. If you remember Kevin Love, what was it? 26 20 and 20, man. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. Just, candidate. yeah and it's like I, I was willing to buy the arguments that he was uh, a little statflation on a bad team. But I'm like, I don't know, man. Clay's averaging 16 points a game and stepping out of bounds every other three points. So <laughs> it's not like he's, uh, you know, there, there's a big gap there. Um, there, there's an interesting quote that Bogan had, which kind of describes Clay. He says, the, "We knew the offense is working if Clay was hot, because yeah, I love that because oh. he's the one who's most dependent on ball movement. And then mm. when the ball's flying around, I mean, Clay will score 60 points on 11 dribbles or something absurd like that. <laughs> um, yeah, but at the time, they were both like fans liked them. There was this belief that they were good players. There was not this idea that." they were franchise cornerstones. Draymond on those first two-year teams was like the goon who came in off the bench and filled the gaps for 15 minutes yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that about Clay, though. I love that quote because I do feel like there is a little bit. I saw James Rate just asked, is that Gary? Is Gary Harris that guy? I do feel like that. Sometimes when Gary's playing great, it's like the offense is playing great, and so he, they're finding him and he's scoring. And what's weird is Gary hasn't been good for two years. And the Nuggets haven't looked like themselves. They've gotten better, but they just haven't been that fun team. And so I wonder, and this is more of a question I'll ask you, Harrison. Do you feel like the Nuggets have already had that moment? Because it does feel a little bit like they got a shot in the arm with Clay and Draymond. It was all new that first year. Whereas yeah. with the Nuggets, there's not really a whole lot new other than Michael Porter Jr. 
Yeah. Um, like this whole year we felt that, right? Like this, this whole year we felt that everything was so vanilla. Like we could yeah. probably play out games in our head before yeah, totally. they even happened. Like we knew it was going to happen every night. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. But Gr- Gary is probably the clay, except like there were times when the Nuggets offense was moving great. The ball was popping. And then Gary would just miss a wide open three. <laughs> he hasn't true. been able That's to true. shoot threes for That's the last fair. couple of years. Um, yeah. But yeah, Gary is definitely the clay of this team. Was so Sam, I have to ask this one. Was 2015 the most gratifying? Like, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, it seems like it doesn't get better than that. You have a team that just arrived on the scene, dominated, and then wins a championship. Was that the best? Is that as, is that as good as it gets? You know, most Warrior fans will tell you the most gratifying moment of the entire five years was the entire 73 win season. Um, Mm. which is weird because there's no title attached to it. And they obviously became an internet joke. And, you know, (laughs) now, honestly, I would attribute the Warriors not winning that title to like NBA being less popular because it like literally proved the theory that you don't need to try in the regular season. What's the point, right? With that said, um, I think the Warriors peaked with that shot in OKC that Steph made in like, was it, it was uh, February 27th, 28th. My favorite shot. Like the three I remember shot. exactly That's what I like the, that moment. That was like the fever pitch crescendo sure. of Warriors yeah. at their peak because the fan base here loved the 14-15 season, and then they didn't understand why no one thought they were worthy champions. And so to watch them start 24-0 – and basically just make a point to try to embarrass everyone for 82 games and and like make it to a point where it's like no they're for real that was i mean i i don't know that i'll ever see a season like that from any team ever i just watched the 49ers have an amazing season losing the finals but even that and it was a little unexpected even that didn't feel anything Yeah, yeah like this because um it's rare that you win a title and like all the pundits are kind of talking about how you didn't deserve it. And yeah. then, and then you come out and do something historic in the process. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was like an 82 game party is the best way to put it. Yeah. Man. I, I, I love that. Cause that's exactly how it felt. It, I, I always, I, there've been good teams and they have eked out games and they've won a lot of games, but that Warriors team won every game by 20. It just yep. felt like every night you could go into that game knowing you can talk trash and it doesn't matter because the, you just you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that you were either going to win or like if you did lose, it was going to be very tooth and nail and you were going to be like, it doesn't matter. We're up. We're in the first place. And that was a, game. Someone just said I never trusted perfect regular seasons. Honestly, he's right because they hit every clutch shot they had to hit. And like yeah. just – the odds of the bounce, you should, right. you know, like, I mean, I'm talking, okay, they, you know, it's a Tuesday against Orlando, classic, you know, um, let down game that they're down 20 in the first half. And then, it, you know, just they go on a run and then Steph hits a 30 footer pulling up with no time left. Like <laughs> that type of stuff just shouldn't happen. And yeah. it happened over and, and over and over. Yeah. I just remember every time watching the, that Warriors team play, we were like, Suddenly, a switch would flip, and you're like, oh. "Yeah, the haymaker!" Like, oh, God damn it! It would honestly like, be like if every game was the Wancho game that we showed the intro. This, right? And then yeah, the, the, the one of, you don't remember. And then every yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then every close game was the Jokic game winners. You know that against 
Minnesota or Philadelphia or whatever. Like that was just that was it. You either got a blowout ass whooping or a Jokic game winner. And it was like, we'll find out which version we're gonna get tonight. I just can't imagine it's higher. Was 2016 in your mind? Did you think of it now? Is that a positive or negative memory? The entirety of it. It's positive. I mean, yeah. I, I just the Warriors have another five years, maybe less. I know they have less um, to. <laughs> to quote unquote, win one more and like put this whole arc on the story to which I don't think fans will even think about losing the 16 finals. It'll just be part of this whole story. Right. And, um, and that's kind of exciting for the perspective of like what's to come next, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but even if that never happens, even if they come back healthy next year and they're kind of mired in middle of the Western Conference, they never figure out the rest of the roster, and they're kind of, you know, a more traditional team. It's like they have a few good players, but, like, the culmination is nothing that's getting out of the second round. Uh, I'll still look at 2016 as something, probably the the coolest, like, six-month span of being a sports fan I've ever experienced in my life. It was also... Do you... Do you um, I... I don't think any team's ever going to be like the 96, 97 Bulls, just in terms of like the, right. be- the Beatles coming to town. But covering the Warriors the, were, man. Are you I, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Covering like the Nuggets, <clears throat> I feel like that's as close as a team is ever going to get to being like those Jordan teams were when they came to town I because mean, I, it was an event. Like going to the arena, like the warm ups were insane. Like it was just well, on another level. This is really where we get down to staff. Like, I mean, they signed KD. KD's arguably better than Steph. Um, and now, who knows where Steph's career goes? Like, he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. No one's disputing that. But, like, except for Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> 2016, Steph had a, uh, I mean, it was Jordan esque in terms of the hype around it. Um, and it was just, it, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Like, it, you see, I mean, I'm in the Bay Area, so it's biased, but like the, the amount of like Steph Curry jerseys you'd see everywhere. Like oh my God. people like yeah. the Warriors here, but they do not like them more than the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. And for that year and a half there, you saw more Steph Curry jerseys than you saw any sort of football attire. And the ratings locally kind of backed it too. So anytime that's happening, you know, you got something that's like transcending just the basketball fan pace to like, Everyone in town wants to know what's going on because it's the story. Right. And yeah. nationally, too. My buddy in Denver, like, yeah. shows up to the game in a Warriors jersey. I'm like, oh, you, oh, you were born in Oakland. Like, now you tell me. You lived there, <laughs> lived there, like, the first year of your life, and then you moved here. Okay. It was – the one thing I would say different maybe between – I wasn't around for the Bulls. I mean, I wasn't around, but I, I don't recall the era. I wasn't going to games. It was a lot of young kids. Like, it was a right. young crowd that was packed there. A lot of, you know, like – 10 year olds and then maybe like a lot of teenagers but i may I imagine for the bulls maybe different but i'm not sure um when we get back though Jokic, curry kevin durant let's we're gonna hash out those three guys because i think they're all interesting um Jokic, clearly the best of the three but we'll, we'll talk about that later yeah guys if you've been feeling stressed out if you got some aches or pains that maybe have developed during this quarantine check out strava craft coffee i, have, yeah. I do have some aches and pains That's a, well adam why, why wait we all do. We all do. It's a stressful time. It's, it's great for time. IBS, too. In Not the times we're in. Yeah, but you guys can pick up some Strava Craft Coffee online. StravaCraftCoffee.com for 20% off 
with the code DNVR20. Like I said, if you're just not feeling yourself, maybe Strava Craft Coffee can help you out. You can get 20% off when you use the code DNVR20, StravaCraftCoffee.com. Uh, also, guys, like I alluded to earlier, we got golf to bet on this weekend. I don't know. Do we have UFC this weekend? I don't know. I don't um, think so. The Safeway so. Open or whatever is going on in golf. <laughs> the, travelers. The, tra- the Travelers. The Travelers. The Travelers Insurance, right? The Travelers Insurance. Yeah. No, I saw um, Brooks Kepka's caddy uh, tested positive, so he pulled out. But um, I think the field's still pretty good. Uh, but you guys can bet on that. You can bet hold a hole. Will somebody hit a fairway? Will it go in the rough? Uh, you can do all that on DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, they are putting you in the center of the action with a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. All you got to do is download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you oh, sign up. The code. Make sure you use that code DNVR. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. Just enter the code DNVR when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, it's not one of those sketchy offshore bookies that you probably have used in the past that you've definitely what? used in the past. It sounds like you're speaking from personal experience here. <laughs> never again. It's, not, it's not one of those where you just win a bet and then you're like, all right, how do I get this money? Like, do they send yeah. me a check? That's never yeah. going to Reputable. Or if you yeah. lose, they're not going to like take your thumbs or anything. Yeah. It's totally legit. We have a lot of fun on it. So sign I up. have only heard of two of these people, Rory McIlroy and Bubba Watson. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good. So I would oh, say they, put your oh Sergio Garcia is way down there. He must be terrible now. Mcelroy, good, good goal. Right. Well, there you uh, go. <laughs> but must be 21 or older. Oh, Colorado only. Pop. Bonuses comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit re, deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, one of the things I'm fascinated by, with, and when I say fascinated, I mean annoyed, with um, NBA discourse and how people talk about him. Steph Curry, to me, I'm gonna, you don't have to agree with me. This is fine. Steph Curry, to me, was like a perfect basketball player. I was so fascinated by the 2015 rise of Steph. 2016, very interesting. And then it just changed. It just changed. And he became the symbol of all that is wrong and evil and and corrupt and he was a golden boy and he was fake i mean it might have something to do with the person on my shirt (laughs) yeah it might might have something to do with that that's a good point (laughs) i go ahead and throw that coat off there uh, yeah (laughs) i want to ask though like so first of all when did the steph when did people turn on steph curry and also i guess is just is it natural for anybody to be loved until they're hated one i think it's natural and i think whenever steph gets towards the end of it all the people who hate, who you know question how good he is and whatever you want to say are going to be the first ones to be like, change the game, 12-time All-Star, that sort of thing. So it's just yeah. kind of the nature of discourse. I think he represented a change in the game from like a specific superstar-led order, and there was going to be some natural pushback from that, particularly when the 16 finals are you know not, not yeah. his best moment. We, we can discuss how he, you know, he's hurt or not, but it doesn't really matter. And then, and then, you know, you bring in Kevin Durant, and like that just objectively changes the team. Was the rival of KD? Was that what it was? Do Do you think, in your opinion? I don't. Well, it just became. 
it becomes hard to discuss Steph when the last time you saw a team where he was objectively the best player, they lost in a finals and then they bring in a player of KD's caliber and it's no longer about Steph. And like, quite frankly, it really shouldn't be about KD either because it's just like you're combining two of the three or four best players in the league. They better win every year, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, to, me, wanna... it's, it, to me, it seemed that way. Yeah. I mean, I, to be, Steph has always been lovable. He's always had that sort of underdog energy. And I don't think anyone needed like extra reasons to root for a guy like that. And I, I really feel like he got swept into the KD backlash. I just think oh, it's that sure. the Warriors became yeah. something that's difficult to root for. And all of a sudden, Steph, who, like, if you remember watching those Davidson that Davidson run, like, that guy could never have been anything but an underdog, right? And to see him swing so far to, like, oh, we're sick of Steph, um, it was just wild to me. And I just don't think that's possible without KD and then also also being the anti the Braun villain, right, for, for the yeah. big LeBron fans out there. I do think um, part of it is no matter what side you liked, people did like the dichotomy of what LeBron-led teams versus the Warriors who are kind of some, a modern deviation of the Spurs where it's like team shooting, oh, okay. all that sort of thing. Wheel um, for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and then just Steph's just a different player from any other superstar we've seen. And – we didn't get to see that going forward. Like, right. throw KD into that mix. I mean, I would take the 16-17 Warriors against any team in history. Right. And and the, the point stands that there, there's probably anger over what felt like an organically awesome rivalry, you know, Cleveland versus Warriors, uh, being ruined by that whole thing, and everyone involved with it got some variation of backlash. Yeah. I mean, he definitely – Steph Curry is – the Warriors. Like, if you think about the Warriors, that is Steph Curry. And the Warriors brand got tainted by the fact that it was the embarrassment of riches. Exactly. It just felt like the, the whole deck was stacked. Like, what are we doing? And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think people here feel bad about that, uh, but I understand why everyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a sentiment that's uh, shared around the bay. <laughs> no. <laughs> but there really is something too. There was look; these things aren't true, but there's a little bit of there's a kernel of truth in them. the The Cavaliers were assembled by LeBron James, orchestrating things and doing this, and the Warriors were orchestrated by moves and and talent development and acquisition and time or whatever. And the, I don't and think the Cavaliers were an isolation based team. Two mm-hmm. two of the best isolation players in the league, by the way. But like, and they should play that way. And then the Warriors are. Um, you know, some of the best ball movement any of us have ever seen in our lifetime. So it's just, it was just such a clash of styles. And philosophies and everything. And it made and whether or not, like, people can take those arguments way too far. They did. And certainly people did take those arguments <laughs> right. way too far. We probably still will today. That's yeah. where we call this talking about symbols. The Warriors became a symbol yep. of Johnny Hustles in the Hoosiers movie and, like, <laughs> all of these different things. And then, like, the, the Cavs took on this other symbol of something else of which there's a kernel of truth in there, but it certainly was not, like, uh, absolute by any means. And I think King D going there did rob it of that, like, okay, well, that's no longer the case. Now this is the team that recruited the guy in the parking lot with the tears and the phone call or whatever, and then the Hamptons and everything else. And then it's like, okay, and, and at that moment, everything started to change. And then also, and this is not Steph Curry's fault, in 2015 and 2016, he was the perfect, flawless, nothing's wrong with this guy. He's like, right. Failures are accepted. And then it was like, oh, well, Aisha's 
complaining about the referees and oh, look, let's find the flaw in Steph. Look at these flaws that are happening yeah. under here. And, and he didn't get to prove them false. If yes. we want to use LeBron as an example, uh, 2011 was like a low point, the finals and everything. But then he exercised whatever demons you want to say with his play and I don't know, like eight straight finals. But um, <laughs> the, the yeah. point stands. Um, Steph kind of had his low point in the 16 finals. And then they bring KD in. So even though Steph was absurd in the entire 2017 playoff run, including averaging 27-9-9 in the finals and being the player that was double teamed, um, <laughs> it's still not viewed the same way. Because, well, you know, like when LeBron lost in 11, he didn't go and recruit Carmelo Anthony or whatever elite player to play with him there. They ran it back with the same team. I mean, I'm sure he did. I'm sure everyone yeah. is trying to always <laughs> recruit everyone at all times. Yeah. But my point is, the um, 2016 was the last time we saw a team where Steph was the That's a great point undisputed alpha and omega of the team. True. Yeah. And he'll and he never got that chance to earn it back. Yeah. Right. Another way that Steph became a symbol was that he was, again, the symbol of a paradigm shift. This is the new league. The old league looked a certain way. The new league works another way. A lot of three-pointers. Little tiny guys now can be great, whereas before maybe it was harder. And then also analytics. Like, oh, my gosh, look at what's happening. These three-point shots are opening up all these other things, and now we're bringing math into it, and that brings us to Jokic. Because I yeah. think – and I don't know what your perspective is, Sam, not being not in Denver – Right. Because I know every fan base feels persecuted about them, their own team. And this. And I so mean, maybe, all 30 are. All, exactly. <laughs> so maybe we're bringing a lot of this sort of small market energy and Jokic slander. Um, you know, we're, we're feeling it more than maybe we should. But Jokic gets an awful lot of hate and like a whole lot of – and I think it comes down to the fact that he is first and foremost was an analytics darling. Before he was like – you know, Jeff Van Gundy and all these other national, you know, people that everybody sees on right. broadcasts and stuff were raving about him. Before that, the nerds were raving about him. And so he became a nerd symbol before he became anything else. And of course, your first symbol, that's what people are going to latch on to. Am I in the right ballpark there? And, and is that the perspective? I've actually get? never thought of it from that pers like that deep in that perspective. But I do think your core point is correct. One thing that interested me about Jokic, I talked about this with a friend of mine. I'm like, is Jokic the next Steph, the player who you quote-unquote can't win right. as your best player? <laughs> Despite right. the fact that like all evidence points to their impact being extremely high and elite and like top five impact in the game, whatever you want to say. like I, I actually brought it back to Dirk. You couldn't win with a player like Dirk as your best player until you did. Until you did. Yeah. You couldn't win with Steph as your best player. You know, a 6'3 guard who wants to take 25, 30-footers all game, like, okay, but you're not going to win with that, and then you do. Right. Um, and then and you I have view to Jokic do that. The I view Jokic the same way because um, it, it's undeniable. Like, he had – for me, it's all three of those players, it's the creativity. Yes. Um, people worry – in a seven-game series, everyone's like, you need versatility because – Teams will figure out what you do, but I think creativity is tied to that too because it's your ability to adapt. And like, I don't know. I watched Jokic in Game Seven against Portland. I wouldn't say they lost because he was played off the court or anything like that. Cool. Like, he has the ability to adapt throughout a series. So it's just a matter of like finding that perfect 
team around him, basically. And the perfect team looks different than it does around most people, and I think that's right. also part of it. Like with right. Steph, people argue about Draymond, one of my favorite players, and people talk about, well, he's in the perfect system. It's, he's also part of the system. That's part of what makes yeah. it great is there's this unique talent that was needed to make Steph his best, and he happened to fill it. And I think it's the same with Jokic. He might not look great with LeBron James because LeBron's just going to ask him to roll to the rim and try to dunk it, which he doesn't do very well. Right. But he does. There's a specific type of player that he is going to look incredible with that might not look incredible anywhere else, and that's just sort of, sort of the ecosystem they that they've created. Are you? What are your just general thoughts on Jokic in terms of uh, not like your analysis, but just do you have an emotional connection at all to him, or is he like a guy that <laughs> is he a boring like Cody Zeller? I actually think, no, I think he's interesting to me because he is good enough to be the best player on a title team, but not in a traditional sense, which I would define staff and Dirk and those guys as. So I view it always as a puzzle because yeah. if I was building a team where Jokic was objectively the best player, like I'm not putting KD yeah, or, right. or LeBron on his team or something like that, which is just makes everything more difficult uh, or, or just, you know, then you're, then you're saying it's, you know, KD's team or something like right, that. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, I would want to put a bunch of hyper-athletic long wings around him Ooh, and play off of his um, his creativity because that's that's the defining quality of him. There's no defense you can throw at him that he's not going to figure out over time, but his defining quality is his passing. So you have to have someone else there who can hit timely shots. And I've always thought it was going to be Jamal Murray, and he's just a roller coaster. There's games where you're like, he's – He's on his way to superstardom, and then there's periods where you're like, uh, he might he might be out of the league. No. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to extremes on this one, but like, I, I look at him as an interesting player in in this in the same vein where it's like if you find the right confluence of players around him, you can absolutely win a title with him being the guy. And and that what makes him interesting is how should should those results be there, the way he might change or influence the dialogue around the game. But but like these guys we've mentioned, unless he wins, that doesn't happen, right? So yeah. I don't know. It's just it. it well, he's only like twenty five, right? Twenty four. Twenty six, like I think. But twenty five or twenty six, I don't. I can't yeah, remember. He's exactly. still got like a decade. He's got a long ways. Um, yeah. One of the what was I? Man, I just lost my train of thought on that one. I had it loaded up, then I thought of his age. That's my move, dude. That is your move. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. People. It is weird to me that people don't like him. One of my takes that I threw out yesterday that I think is a hot take, but you can tell me if you think it's hot. I think he's the second most influential player to enter the league in the last 10 years behind Steph Curry. Steph Curry invented, not invented, but he popularized the pull-up three-pointer. Now every player, every guard has to learn how to do this. I think Jokic was like, hey, your big man can dribble it up. Your big man can run, pick and roll, and, and throw passes and average assists, and now you have guys doing it all over in both conferences. How spicy of a take do you feel that is? I don't know if Jokic was the one, but Jokic is the player who I th and it, it kind of ties to the Warriors because the Warriors always play through passing bigs too. Yeah, um, but Jokic is the best passing big in basketball, so it's like yeah, Bogut's a nice passer, Draymond's a nice passer, but they're not uh, Jokic yeah. in terms of like what he can do in terms of creativity and the angles and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think he did kind of. They both play into the same, like, inverting basketball. It's like, right, yeah. you know, like, the traditionalist is, like, pound it in the post. Jokic should be scoring 30 points on post-ups. I'm like, does it matter if Jokic is generating 
all of the team's offense through post up. So if he scores 18 points but has 15 assists or something right, like that. Right. So <laughs> I think he just kind of makes you think about the game differently. And that's also probably why he's really good because there's no like, you know, you, you can play against a team with a pick and roll guard and like know how you want to play against Damian Lillard. Doesn't mean you're going to be successful, but you know how you want to play against him. There's no one you play against who plays like Jokic. So it, it's funny because we've had the debate a lot. Like what's a healthy, how do we know the Nuggets offense is healthy? And it's usually not when Jokic has like 35 or 40. It's when he has like twenty or twenty-five and ten assists. Right. That's when, that's when you know yeah. the Nuggets offense. And there operating. was a there was a stat with the Warriors that was similar that they had a higher winning percentage when Steph had twenty to twenty-five than when he had thirty-five or something in that range. Because usually when he was taking thirty shots or something like that, that's because nothing else was working and it was just kind of like, right. All right, just do it yourself. And you know he's capable, but it's it's not the same. Well, I, Sam, we have one more, and I hate. I, I really hope you enjoy this. We have one more game lined up for yeah. you that we're gonna we're gonna, end, <laughs> okay. we're gonna end things with here, and it's sort I'll of a, pay attention to this one. It's sort of a lightning round. Um, Kale, go no. ahead and cue it up. Kale, oh, <laughs> there wow. we go. Oh. This is the, no, I appreciate this. Let's go. Yeah. This is just called yoke or no. and uh, <laughs> I really don't even have to. Do explain you do this, this every time, or is it just for me? We do it. We try to tailor our show to our guests. Yeah, yeah. We, we, no, we, we do not graphic. play E40's Yupper every time. We this, made game, this, this game is so good. We might have to bring it back, though. Yeah, yeah. Really we made, the, we made these graphics up to ten minutes before you came on. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're going to ask you just a series. We're just going to give you names or words or people or places or things, and you're just going to say nope or yep, and that's the, that's the right. extent of the I can, game. I can do that. Number one, Kevin Durant. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good to know. I'll be honest, man. I'm a nope. I'm a strong nope strong on KD, nope. man. I used to, yeah, I used to be <laughs> a yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm a strong nope, man. I'm so excited for the Nets to win a title, winning 42 games and having the most. <laughs> it, it just, it just feels like it's their destiny to have the most tumultuous regular season ever, and then KD and Kyrie, who are both capable to have one of those playoff runs. They, they're going to beat so the Nuggets, so this is, this is not what at all what I'm looking for. 45 mid-rangers in a row. <laughs> I refuse that. <laughs> evil the next thing show. you know, you have your Perkins on TV saying analytics are fake. I mean, <laughs> it, just feels, it just feels not it's going to happen. The motivating factor, the media, like that's <laughs> what it's going to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the media, though, for sure. All right. Win, number... win horse is why I scored 40 tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Chase Center. To be decided. I'll give it no. a yup, too. So, okay. I'm a Chase Center apologist because I, I grew up in the East Bay. I've lived in the city for the last 10, 11 years. Um, I never like the, um, what do you call it? Like, there, there, there's a regional thing in the Bay Area where it's like, oh, they're they're throwing away their fans and they're moving to, you know, yeah, a yeah. certain area. So, but honestly, I do wonder about this. Like five years ago, I'm sure you could catch a Warriors game and it was cool. And it was like, oh, sweet. Tickets, last minute deal. And now it's like, yep. no, there's no the, chance. The no, biggest nope. myth was Chase made Chase priced out fans. 2015-16 priced out fans. Oh, really? The tickets oh, at yeah. Oracle the last four years were not cheap. Yeah. And nope. the difference, uh, the distance between Chase <laughs> and Oracle is, I think, 11 miles. I mean, it's, a, uh, okay. it's like yeah. we're not talking about moving city. I mean, we are, but like yeah. it's just crossing a bridge. It's a 40-minute commute. 
I'll tell you what, though. There's certain fan bases that you look in the crowd and you can just tell what fan, like the Lakers, for sure. You could tell. Right. Seven. You can tell the Warriors fan base is just a bunch <laughs> of Silicon Valley dorks. Like, okay, Absolutely. Well, that's who they are. All right. Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Yep. Oh, Strong yep. Come Strong on. yep. I, we I just wanted to make I'm sure. I'm anti yeah. anyone being held out for steroids. Let's I'm pro steroids. I'll just say. It. I'll just say it on the show. <laughs> or just be, or just be straight with it. Everyone used steroids, so he yeah. was the best player in the steroids. <laughs> it's true. Let's yeah, use steroids now, man. Lance I'm, I'm pro dingers. Let's have him juicing right dingers, now. Dingers, pro dingers. Steroids. All right, LeBron James. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get that one in there once. Come on. <laughs> Luke Walton. Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gosh, oh, gosh, I, love. I love the. I just love the idea that there's somebody on earth that's pro Luke Walton and anti LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, a Facebook group for that. <laughs> Nikola Jokic. Yep. Yeah. Hell yeah. You're right. You're a, you're a homie for sure. Jamal Murray. Ooh. I'm gonna. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna, gonna be holding on to my Jamal Murray stock. Far yeah. past its expiration date. Yeah, like it. So are the Nuggets, I think. <laughs> I, I had to make that joke. It's just so yeah, fun, I man. I don't, I, I don't like. <laughs> it, I I will get intoxicated by his because like he he can get as hot as anyone. I know. And when yeah, he's true. on, it's so fun to watch. Every three or fourth game, he is Steph Curry, and it's yeah, great. exactly. The <laughs> problem is then you're like Steph can Murray. You, can you just do the Steph thing again, man? Losing <laughs> to the Cavs by 15. Not so much the Jamal thing. If that's cool. <laughs> um, true shooting percentage. Yep. 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 <laughs> there we go. Come on. <laughs> Screen assist. Yep. Oh, wow, man. You're very agreeable. I'm just going to say, I mean, the Warriors' offense evolved to Steph being a screener because Draymond stopped figuring, stopped uh, knowing how to shoot the ball. So now <laughs> I have to now I have to talk about how impactful his screen assists are to people who don't <laughs> think he's as good as he is. <laughs> um, Rice Aroni. <laughs> nope. No, <laughs> the upset no. of the decade. <laughs> this last one, I don't know. Not the San Francisco tree. We don't claim it. Okay, the last one. This one's kind of. I'm, I'm intrigued here. Andrew Bogut. Ooh. We'll go. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hey, he was. He was a key. He was a key contributor. Uh, interesting personality. Uh, but ultimately, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the right word. But ultimately, a good player and. The interesting thing is all the Warriors who are on those teams do like him. So Man, that's that's the more important Sam part. is so agreeable. I think the only nopes we had were Rice-A-Roni and LeBron James. <laughs> not, in, not, into, uh, not into prepackaged marketing. <laughs> that's too good. Did you write that down? It was great getting to, to virtually meet you, man, uh, and, and talk Warriors and Nuggets and Jokic and Curry. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah this was fun. We'll have to do it another time. Actually, 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 one last one. DNBR. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Would have been a rough way to end the show. Yeah, I don't know about the pay, like the subscription model, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a hard nope from me.
Everybody else, thank you guys so much. Check out your guys' bar. As soon as come through. It's, it's, so through. it's so dope. It's uh, come it, through. It's, it's a definitely a yep. Uh, yep. I mean, sorry. Uh, <laughs> people in the comments yelling at me here. Uh, everybody else, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're gonna be back again tomorrow. Is tomorrow casual? Fr- nope, it's Thursday. All right. Thursday. All right. Formal Thursday tomorrow. Formal Thursday. We're gonna be back. Uh, everybody, go follow Sam. We'll see you all later. Bye, right, everyone. Before we get out of here, you guys only have a couple more days to act on this. We've got a WGT event coming up this weekend. You never want to miss these WGT events. The best phone game out there, the best sports phone game out there, definitely the best golf game out there, WGT Golf. Super realistic, over 20 million online players, plus everybody at DNVR plays. So you can add us as friends on WGT. My username is just WINDDNVR, W-I-N-D-D-N-V-R. Add me. Let's play some WGT. But join the DNVR2 Country Club this weekend because we got a WGT event coming up. Another tournament. You can get bragging rights over all of us, over the entire DNVR community. But you've got to download WGT. If you haven't downloaded it, go to dnvrgolf.com. There's a link to download the game there. And once you get on WGT, search for the DNVR2 Clubhouse. That's where you have to be registered to be in all of our tournaments every other weekend. You can try to beat me, Adam, Vote, D-Line. I think we got some of our other friends from the NBA Twitter community on there too. So sign up, dnvrgolf.com. That's where you can download WGT from and search for the DNVR2 Clubhouse.